Hello, everyone. Welcome to Prep Talk, the emergency management podcast. Find out what you need to know about preparedness, get all the latest tips from experts in the field, and learn what to do before the next disaster strikes. From the emergency management department in the city that never sleeps, here are your hosts, Omar Bourne and Allison Panisi. Hello, everyone. Thank you for listening. I'm Omar Bourne. And I'm Allison Panisi. Thank you for joining us. We want you to come back as often as you can, so feel free to add Prep Talk to your favorite RSS feed. You can also follow us on social media. That's right, Allison. This episode, we're talking about a very important and, dare I say, a hot topic. I'm going to pause there for a minute because this is how we know that you've written this script. Um, because somehow you think that I would say a hot topic. I think you would say hot topic. I, I'm taking full credit for this, but yes, you would say something like this. <laughs> All right. All right. Um, but... Today, we're going to be talking about fire safety and prevention, a very important topic here in New York City. That's right, Omar. So the New York City Fire Department not only provides fire protection and other critical public safety services to residents and visitors throughout the five boroughs, it also continuously works to educate the public in fire, life safety, and disaster preparedness, along with enforcing public safety codes. So here to break it all down for us and talk about fire safety and prevention is Fabricio Caro, Director of Community Affairs at FDNY and FDNY Lieutenant Michael Cozo. Gentlemen, welcome to Prep Talk. Thank you for having us. Thank you very much. Uh, Fabricio, I want to get started with you. Now, the FDNY has a wide range of programs to help New Yorkers become FDNY smart, from fire safety education materials and presentations to state-of-the-art learning center. Can you walk our listeners through these initiatives? Yeah, definitely. Uh, Just to begin, without support from our FDNY Foundation, All these initiatives would not be possible, so we also want to thank them and acknowledge them. But the department has taken a fundamental approach of basically bringing forth fire and life safety education to the forefront of communities. Honestly, working directly with leaders, either it be with houses of worship or faith-based organizations, uh, community organizations, schools, um, across the board of bringing this message of overall prevention uh, to communities throughout the city. Our firefighters, our fire officers, paramedics, EMTs basically have established a system um, of trainings uh, which encompass fire safety and CPR. On the fire safety and our fire safety unit provides year-round trainings that are at no cost to to community-based organizations in which we provide uh, an array of different uh, presentations, either school-based, community-based, tabling, or or we even provide interactive experiences through our fire safety trailers or our fire safety smokehouse, which basically provide uh, the wide view of residential fire safety and make it interactive and as fun as possible and basically bring the the message a lot stronger home. Um, On our life safety and our CPR unit with our EMTs and paramedics provide bystander compressions only, basically training New Yorkers um, within a 30 to 40 minute time frame as long as you provide us a space, an open forum. We basically train them to be first responders and and, and to act as 911 um, in the event of a cardiac arrest or stroke. So essentially, the department has taken a proactive stance, of really building these partnerships with communities and also working with agencies uh, like New York City Emergency Management on a wide array of, of different initiatives to basically bring the message of safety across the board. And I know we've worked with uh, your CPR teams for some of our outreach that we've had in the past. And 
I must say that many people are often uh, ready and willing uh, to participate and learn those basic CPR skills. Absolutely. Um, Like you said, New York City Emergency Management and FDNY have collaborated on a number of initiatives to prepare New Yorkers for emergencies. And something both of our agencies emphasize is that part of being prepared is having an emergency plan, but also practicing this plan with members of their household and also their support network. So, Lieutenant Kozo, this question is for you. Uh, What are the key points you want New Yorkers to know about how to prevent fires and how to stay safe if there is a fire? Well, there's several tips that I'd like to emphasize today. Uh, One of the things is when you're cooking. So a lot of times what we're seeing is unattended cooking. A lot of fires are started because people start cooking and then they leave the kitchen uh, to do other things. So we want to emphasize to stand by your pan, meaning if you're going to cook, that you should stay in the kitchen uh, and cook. You also want to make sure that you have a three-foot area, a safe distance away from your stove so that your children uh, don't go anywhere near the stove while you are cooking. Another thing I would like to emphasize is the importance of electrical safety. Uh, We are seeing a lot of electrical fires right now. Um, You want to make sure that you're not overloading your outlets. Uh, You want to be safe when you're using extension cords and power strips. One of the main rules that we do emphasize in terms of electrical safety is any item that heats or cools should be plugged directly into the wall outlet. So we're talking about uh, air conditioners, space heaters, microwaves, toaster ovens, things like that. So if it heats or cools, it should be plugged directly into the wall. They do uh, use a tremendous amount of power. Another very important thing I'd like to emphasize is the importance of smoke and carbon monoxide alarms. You should have a combination smoke and carbon monoxide alarm on every level of your home, plus a smoke-only alarm in every bedroom. You want to make sure that you're testing these alarms once a month by pressing the test button. Also, if you do still have the older alarms where you need to change the battery, you want to make sure you change those batteries twice a year. And a good way to remember that is to change the batteries when you change the clocks. Uh, If you do go to one of these newer alarms, they do have new alarms out now that if you do buy a smoke alarm, it's a 10-year sealed unit, meaning that once you turn the alarm on, it is good for up to 10 years and it runs on a lithium-ion battery. Uh, You no longer have to worry about changing the batteries, which is a very good thing. Uh, Another thing I'd like to emphasize is the importance of closing the door. So if you do have a fire in your home, you want to make sure that you close the door on the way out. By closing the door, you're containing the fire within your apartment, uh, allowing everybody else in the building to escape safely. Uh, And it also helps the fire department uh, when we're coming into the apartment. uh, As we're approaching the door, we're not uh, running into all this heat and smoke, and we don't have to worry about using our oxygen before we get into the fire. So that definitely helps everybody all around. So you definitely want to make sure that you do close the door on your way out if you do have a fire. Also, if, you're lose, uh, if you lose power, we want to make sure that you're not using candles as a light source. So the main rule of thumb, if you are going to use a candle, is you should be blowing out the candle when you leave the room that the candle is burning in. Um, however, one of the things we do highly recommend is that everybody move to a flameless candle. Mm-hmm. A flameless candle is a lot safer. There's no flame involved. And if you leave it burning, no big deal. What's going to happen? The battery dies and you just have to replace the battery. So that's a really good thing. Uh, and the last thing I do want to emphasize is is to call 911 if there is any type of emergency. A lot of people hesitate to call 911. They're afraid to call 911. Uh, They're they're afraid they're going to get in trouble or they think that they can handle the emergency themselves. Uh, We don't want people to feel that way. You want to be comfortable calling 911 in any type of emergency. This way you get the ball rolling uh, and get us there as soon as possible. A lot of information uh, to unpack here. Uh, And I I like what you said about stand by your pen. That's 
You think of the country song, (laughs) Stand By Your Man. It's just such an interesting uh, way of phrasing it. But it's so important because you you get into the habit of cooking and you're around the kitchen. And then, you know, for those who have kids, a kid might call uh, or you might be distracted by the television. um, And a natural part of you just wants to leave the kitchen and and do other things. Mm -hmm. So it's really important that, you know, you listen to this advice and stay where you are. Um, you know, bring a, a stool if you can, I guess, uh, sit around if you get tired standing, but really stick around and stand by stand by your pen. Stand by your pen. <laughs> um, one of the other things that uh, Lieutenant Kozo just emphasized um, that for our listeners, um, there's a public service announcement that um, the FDNY put out Close called the Close the Door, yeah. um, being safe in every language. And it's a great video. If you haven't seen it, please go to nyc.gov forward slash FDNY and also check out um, the video on YouTube as well. It is a really great, simple way for people to understand how to stay safe uh, during a fire. So excellent point. I'm really glad you brought that up. Yeah, these are all simple tips. I mean, when you even look at not overloading your power outlets, we often want to, to you know, stick as many uh, power strips into or cords in, into the outlets as possible. Uh, but we shouldn't be doing that. Definitely not. You want to avoid that whenever you can. Absolutely. Uh, now, we know people, as Lieutenant Kozo said, should call 911 in an emergency and evacuate immediately if you smell gas or if you see smoke or fire. But a question many people, New Yorkers also ask, is whether a building is fireproof. And what that means if a fire occurs in their building. Can you explain? Sure, Omar, no problem. So one of the basic uh, rules of thumb for a fireproof versus a non-fireproof building is a non-fireproof building is typically six stories or less or under 75 feet in height, whereas a fireproof building is normally more than six stories and over 75 feet in height. Uh, One of the giveaways usually uh, for a fireproof versus a non-fireproof is a non-fireproof building will have fire escapes, Mm -hmm. whereas a fireproof building will not. Now, there are always exceptions to these rules, but those are the basic rules of thumb in terms of a fireproof building versus a non-fireproof. However, if you are unsure whether your building is fireproof or not, uh, it is required to be posted in the lobby of your building. So you can always check in the lobby of your building and it will post, uh, there will be a posting up saying that your building is fireproof or non-fireproof. So the main question is, what does that mean uh, to the resident? So if a building is non-fireproof, what is that telling you? That's telling you that the fire can spread no matter where it starts. So if the fire is on the first floor, it can easily spread to the fifth floor Mm. uh, without anything to stop it. So regardless of where the fire is in a non-fireproof building, whether it's in your apartment or not, you must exit the building no matter what. So that's why we talk about the importance of keeping that door closed if the fire is in your apartment so that you can allow the rest of the residents in your building to escape safely. Uh, if, the, if your building is fireproof, we're talking about a whole different ballgame now. So your apartments are surrounded by uh, fireproofing, fire-resistant material, which is made to contain the fire within your apartment. So... The basic rule of thumb is if the fire is in your apartment in a fireproof building, obviously you need to leave your apartment and you want to make sure that you close the door on your way out, uh, keeping the hallways free of contamination from the smoke and the fire. However, if the fire is not in your apartment and you live in a fireproof building, it is usually safer to stay in your apartment. 
Okay, a lot of people think that the fire is in their building and they need to leave, but the whole point of the fireproof building is to contain, contain that it. fire. Yeah. So you're definitely safer to stay in your apartment if the fire is not in your apartment. What you may see sometimes is some smoke seeping through your doorway if the fire maybe is on your floor or, or in the apartment next to you. Uh, what you can do is take a damp towel and you can shove it underneath your doorway to stop the smoke from coming in. However, like we did mention before, do not be uh, afraid to call 911 if there is a fire in your building. Maybe you see some smoke coming into your apartment, uh, you call 911, you let them know that there is a fire there, and we will send uh, someone to your apartment just to make sure that everything is safe and that you are still safe in your apartment. Yeah, I think one of the key things here is that when people see that smoke start to kind of seep under their door, I think they panic and, and think that the, the fire instinct is, is that they have yeah, to get out, exactly. right? Absolutely. Yeah. Right. So we definitely just want to emphasize that you can stop that smoke by putting that damp towel underneath the doorway. You can also put some duct tape around the edges of the door so that none of the smoke does come in. Really great point. I feel like just having both of you here right now, I've become more FDNY smart. See, I could, <laughs> I could add my own jokes to this too. Um, but my question, um, Fabricio, if you can answer this, how can people request a presentation from the FDNY and get more information? So I guess the main avenue of how to request is going through our website, fdnysmart.org, uh, which on there you have the option of either requesting a fire safety presentation, simple questionnaire, ask the type of organization, number in attendance, and basically uh, co contact info for the organization itself. Um, and that's also for the same for our CPR. If you want a CPR training, there's a whole questionnaire as well, which then is directed to the respective units for fire safety. Also, if you want to contact them directly, if it's not through, uh, through internet or through online, you can contact, uh, uh, the office directly 718-281-3870 for fire safety education. If you want mobile CPR and you want to connect with them directly as well via phone, 718-281-3888. Fabrizio, I want to go back to FDNY education that you mentioned earlier uh, and the smokehouse at schools. Uh, can you talk a little bit about why it's important to start preparing people from a young age uh, for fire prevention and giving them the information and, and what that does to carry on as they get older? And I know before we came uh, before we started recording, Allison gave a cool little story about remembering when she was uh, younger playing in our experience in the, the smokehouse mm -hmm. and, and what that meant for her now that she's just a few years older. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, I, I'll, I'll also chime in with, uh, or have Lieutenant Kozo chime in, but Honestly, with any interactive experience and when you're looking at younger kids, it's about making it memorable, ingraining right. them, you know, basically engraving in them the uh, the message in itself because they themselves are going to serve as carriers to bring forth this safety education back home. So if it's as simple as stand by your pan or if you teach them <laughs> about uh, the importance of maintaining a working smoke alarm and make it in a fun uh, manner. Mm -hmm. It's, they're gonna they're basically gonna hold on to it and take it from the classroom back to the house. Um, I think Lieutenant Koza, I don't know if you want to add more in terms of like the smokehouse and exactly what that that instills within children. Just to break down the, the smokehouse really quick, basically it's a uh, it's a sixty foot trailer that we do have. Uh, what we do is we we darken it in inside. We turn off all the lights. We do have uh, smoke uh, smoke machines, so we smoke out the um, the trailer. And what we do is we teach the children to stay low on their hands and knees. They want to stay underneath the smoke as mm -hmm. low as possible. 
we teach them to keep a hand on the wall, which will guide them to uh, a safe exit. Uh, we also do have a hot door inside, so we teach the children to feel the door for heat before they open it. Um, and then we guide them, and they try and find their way out of the trailer. So it is a really good thing uh, to practice uh, with the children. This way, when they do go home, they take this home with them, and they can teach uh, their brothers and sisters and other relatives and even their parents uh, if they don't know. And uh, if it does ever happen that they do have a fire in their home, they know exactly how to escape and, and how to react. Yeah. And I mean, think about it, the curiosity of children, especially with the with fires as well. Yeah. I mean, I think sure. we have to target essentially that age range just to basically instill and make sure that that message is hitting home stronger than ever. Mm -hmm. Yeah, like I'm, I'm still remembering being in a smokehouse and going in and having to like put my hand like the back of my hand on the door to feel if it was war like feel it was warm. Mm -hmm. We had another door that I remember it was okay, well, it feels cold, but let's open it and the smoke came out and we had to close it and say, okay, we have to leave. How do you escape when there's a fire in your house? And we all practice and we had firefighters help us get out of the trailer too. Right. And it's something that I remember just that basic and I and I think it started when I was in like kindergarten or first grade mm -hmm. and now that as you said I'm a few years older I still remember <laughs> what few. to do and now I can educate my own kids on on what to do and the good thing about that is that the kids then come home and tell the parents what they've learned uh, because it was engaging and, and then it reminds the parents uh, that they should prepare as well mm -hmm. now for our listeners if you don't have a smokehouse um the information here is, and the, the takeaway is that you can just take this information and get out into your community, wherever you are, and educate people about fire prevention. That's mm -hmm. the key. Yeah. One thing to add, I guess, with the FDNY Smart, and actually that's a good point about taking this information, all our sheets that the educators provide at any presentation mm -hmm. can be downloaded or uploaded within our FDNY Smart website. And the beauty of the website is that all those materials can be translated in over 80 languages. Wow. So basically across the board, mm -hmm. being able to connect with communities from all types of populations or diverse populations that we serve. And we talk about that a lot is that New York City's home to more than 8 million people you know, different languages, different backgrounds, and mm -hmm. being able to provide these basic life-saving tips in other languages is really important. So it's great that FDNY has worked on that. Fabricio, Lieutenant, we appreciate you guys being on the show with us today. Uh, any final words before uh, we close it out? I mean, Fire Prevention Week is coming up. Uh, please stay connected with us. Um, through social media at FDNY. And please keep on the lookout of the various locations where our fire safety team will be throughout the city providing fire safety information. And along with that, I do know that Fire Prevention Week, like uh, Fabrizio said, is coming up. But just keep in mind that uh, every day should be a day for fire prevention, not just during Fire Prevention Week. Wonderful. Absolutely. So for our listeners, you can visit nyc.gov forward slash FDNY or fdnysmart.org. That's this edition of Prep Talk. If you like what you heard, you can listen anytime online or through your favorite RSS feed. Until next time, stay safe and prepared. <laughs>